everyone. This is Pam Torrey from Engage, and you're listening to the Engaged Podcast. We know tech is changing the way people market and sell now more than ever. And on this show, I sit down with sales and marketing thought leaders and experts to learn how you can create, share, and measure your way to success. Today, I am really excited to be chatting with an old friend of mine. I'm Jeff Kay, owner and president of the Kay Group and an expert in all things sales. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Pam. I appreciate you and Engage inviting me. Well, I want to jump right in. I'm, I know you very well because you were kind of an early adopter of Engage. You're a thought leader in this space, but I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners a little bit. Can you give our listeners a snapshot of your background and how it led you to being one of the top sales leaders in this home improvement, home remodeling space? Absolutely. Uh, well, I appreciate that intro. Yeah. Um, listen, I grew up in this space, you know, at the kitchen table selling. Um, I did that with, at the time, you know, that that's going back quite some time. I date myself if I, if I put an exact number to it, but you know, at the time, the largest bath remodeling company in the country, the largest basement waterproofing company, you know, in the country. And, uh, you know, the advantage to that was really top level training, top notch training, exposure to processes, from marketing all the way through, you know, to, to a final, final completion of a project. So, um, since, you know, I've worked with a couple handfuls of smaller companies, mom and pop type operations, and uh, I, I love it. I enjoy, I enjoy not just marketing and selling. I enjoy helping people, helping people in their homes and helping, you know, good teams be successful. So, like you mentioned, you've worked with a handful of different companies. You've been part of their their journey of scaling their businesses from being like very much family owned to being you know a going concern, if you will. Um, so based on that expertise, I would love to hear your thoughts on what's happening in this space right now. Can you share some insights with our audience into the current landscape and what key factors businesses should consider in order to strategize effectively? I think a lot of people know they need to do something, but they just don't know how to take that next step into creating strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to that, to, to try to keep it pretty simple, right? Like a lot of what's going on out there today, um, you look at the challenges, right? And the challenges are, are sort of global in the industry, um, credit and money challenges, which trickles down and affects everything, right? Um, you know, Number one, you need to be partnered with great lenders. That's number one. And, you know, building strong relationships with them because they offer a lot of support. They, they can help you help, help homeowners. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge right now. I think, I think the second biggest challenge is lead generation, which is always a challenge for most companies. But, um, you know, in my experience, one of the lowest, lowest costs of lead generation is really mining a database. Um, you know, I think in this space, one of the misconceptions is if, if you, if you're a roofing company, you and your team believe you are a roofing company, when in fact, you probably subcontract most of the work, you're not roofers, you should be a marketing sales and management company. And when, you know, when you can really focus in on that, manage those metrics, uh, those metrics will tell you where you really need to focus in your business. Yeah, I think that's something that people don't think about enough is 
what are like what are those metrics and how do they feed into your strategy because you need to know where you are to know where you want to go that's 100%. 100%. So you mentioned mining your own database for leads. Um, We know lead generation really is kind of like one of the biggest pain points right now. Something I'm hearing from almost every customer I talk to is that leads are expensive. Leads are challenging. They're not converting at the rate that they were during the, you know, that 2020 to 2022 time period you know, they're having to actually like work to convert these leads now. They're not just converting themselves. Yes. Um, so in addition to like mining your own CRM or your own database, what are some methods you recommend folks take to generate leads in this current environment? You know, we're at the start of a new year. What should they be doing to get those leads in the door? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, there you always have your your generic, uh, not generic, I shouldn't use the word generic, but your, your standard uh, traditional type of media, TV, radio, all that sort of thing. And now today, all of those, all that spend has shifted really to digital and social media. Um, I'm really big on looking at what is nobody doing, right? I don't want to do what everybody's doing. It's too late at that point. It's already saturated. Um, and I'll tell you, while everybody's going digital, and there's a lot of people entering these home improvement spaces. I think the human, the one-to-one human interaction is starting to slow. It's, it's becoming a, a dying art. I, I really think, um, I think you have to think about how can you get in front of, how can you get in front of in person your target audience? And if your target audience are homeowners, right? Um, because you're in the home services space, you think a little bit outside the box. Um, you know, you can hold your own events. Most folks don't think about this. Mo- most companies don't think about this. They'll look and they'll say, okay, well, we'll go to every home show, right? If we're going to do some events and we'll, we'll do a cranberry festival and, and the local events. And they're all very low cost, very cost effective lead generation sources. But, you know, partnerships are the new currency, uh, no matter what anybody tells you. Um, something I had orchestrated with a company of quite a few years back, we had taken all of our professional relationships, our vendors, such as engage things of that nature, right? We rented a little, a little space. I'm in New Jersey. So it was over in Atlantic city at a casino, but we rented a little space, rented a room over there and we were able to get all of our partners together. And we invited homeowners to come out and meet all of the top manufacturers, sort of like a, you know, you'll hear manufacturers do this sort of thing for folks like us, but you know, just thinking outside the box along those lines, you, you tend to stand out. Um, and when you combine something like that, um, you know, listen, a lot of co-op programs, right? A lot of manufacturers, your partners can help you with that sort of thing. You can offer giveaways to, you know, door prizes, things of that nature. Again, thinking outside the box, I think that's the key. Um, but really, hone in on who your target demographic is and speak to them on a personal level. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. I find it to be funny because our, our CEO, Dean Curtis, whom our, our audience knows well, he's been on our podcast. Um, he was saying to us a while back that he got solar panels put on his roof and he got solar panels put on his roof because somebody just came and asked him if he wanted solar panels on his roof and, you know, explained like the tax credits and all of that stuff. And it's like, you know, he probably wouldn't have gotten them if he had to 
go seek it out himself or if he like hadn't had that one-to-one human interaction so yeah i we don't even think about it because we're like oh it's marketing we need to have digital spend but yeah you you're not going to reach the people who aren't paying attention to it or who aren't already looking for you if you're just spending on digital it's the truth right and and digital is definitely a great avenue but you're targeting you're really restricting the demographics that you're reaching if you're mm-hmm. just targeting on digital, you know? And yeah. again, I, I, even with AI, you hear all the, all this crazy stuff about technology, human, human to human interaction will never go away. Nothing will ever trump it. So speaking of going to like some of the, the classics, which human to human interaction, I think is like a classic way of generating leads. We're also running into some really classic challenges that exist in this industry, especially for folks who are in you know, the Northeast, Upper Midwest, Pacific Northwest, it's getting cold out. We're starting to have some really bad weather. Um, you've also got like in the, you know, Southeast, you're, we're finishing up hurricane season. So we're dealing with a lot of seasonality here. Um, how can businesses navigate some of the challenges of seasonality in this industry? And for especially folks where it's cold, um, what can they do to max out productivity during this kind of like downtime, you know, quote unquote downtime? Great, great question. Um, So number one, you know, when it comes to lead generation, let's just talk about that for a second. I think number one, again, I'll go back to database because essentially that that's your contact list. You start with the folks you've done work for. You reach out to them just to simply check in. Hey, Pam, it's Jeff over here at K Group. I know uh, I know we installed your I know we installed your roof about six months ago. I wanted to reach out. I know we've had some ice. Right. We've had a lot of rain. How's it going? just simply reaching out to folks and then then let them know, hey, while, while I have you, we also have a promotion going on. Um, you know, if you're considering doing those windows, we know we know you, you considered it about six months ago. If you're considering doing those windows, we have a promotion going for you. And that's where you rope in your, your financing, right? Um, I mean, that's number one. Number two, you know, th- this time of year, you get around the holidays, things of that nature. I think you really have to look to your team. Um, I think it's a great time as lead generation starts to slow down. Um, I think it's a great time to really focus in on your team. And your team should be evangelical about your company. They should be promoting. If you consider, you know, creating some performance-based compensation packages, some self-gen commission type structure for everybody on your team, um, you have to think about what's everybody doing during the holiday season. They're talking to friends and family, spending a lot of time. If you can get them excited, they can probably help generate some business for you as well. So speaking of teams, um, you are pretty well known as a sales trainer, getting whipping sales teams into shape, building them out. Can you share some of your best practices for training sales reps to ensure they're equipped with the skills and knowledge that they need to excel, um, even when it's the dead of winter and they're selling in Minnesota? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, I I can definitely give a brief version of it, right? So um, number one, look, I, I'm a believer, especially in this space, a lot of a lot of a lot of folks can go out and just sell and they can get the signature and they get the deposit in the contract. But I'm a believer they have to understand the products. They have to understand the installation. Um, you know, I believe product training goes a long way into offering the correct solutions for folks and, and to keep transparency. I'm big on transparency in sales as well. Um, 
you know, educating your salespeople with financing, because that's what makes things affordable. Not everybody's been able to prepare. Not a, Most people don't plan, right? They just, they wake up one day, they have a problem, time to solve it. Um, so I think financing is a, a, a crucial component to that. Um, but, you know, when it's slow, how do you keep them going? Well, the key is to keep them engaged. And when you're dealing with field salespeople, that's an obstacle. It's a challenge. So, you know, maybe step up the cadence of your sales meetings. Maybe if you do one a week, get, get them in the office for two a week. If they're an hour meeting, extend them for two hours. Um, incorporate an entire hour of role playing, you know, hold them accountable, train them and teach them how to generate their own appointments. Go back to your installs, look for the second sale, things of that nature. Um, I, I really think one of the keys with the outside salespeople is engagement and it, to keep them engaged, they have to understand the expectation is you get up every day and by 9 a.m. you have your work shirt on and you go to work, whether you have a sales appointment or not, you know, um, and really ingraining in that sales culture, the company provided will provide you an appointment. How many appointments have you provided the company? Mm. You know, it's a two way street. Yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of there can be a lot of like malaise at this time of year with outside sales teams if they're not if they don't have something to do. Absolutely. Like you have to, you know, they kind of end up like without the structure of having set appointments all the time. You know, they kind of like get a little aimless and a little <laughs> kind of wander a little bit. So I like this idea of providing them with maybe more structure during during the down the downtime, quote unquote, so that they have something, they have a goal they're working towards, even if it's not an appointment that day. Absolutely. It's key, right? You have to, you have to give them something to do. Um, like I said, if they don't have much to do, they'll lay on the couch all day or something, wait, waiting for the office to call and say, Hey, you have an appointment over here at four o'clock, you know? Um, yeah. and look, I was that person years and years ago when I first got into it, I thought, wow, this is great. It's like a part-time job. And as long as I sell <laughs> a job every day, I'm making really good money, but you realize how, how, quickly you can get into a rut like that um and hey you know back then i i realized one day i said well wow if the owner of this 150 million dollar a year company showed up at my house he probably wouldn't be happy that this is how i'm spending my day right yeah probably not <laughs> all right so jeff you were an early adopter of engage and have been have brought in a lot of technology to support teams over the years that you've worked with um, what do you think business leaders need to know about choosing the right tech stack for their team? And are there any tools, obviously outside of Engage, um, that you think are essential for every every sales team? Yeah, Engage is it. That's it, period. End of story. <laughs> no, <Engage laughs> well, is... we, we'd love if that were true, but we know <laughs> that it's not. But I, it, Engage is a phenomenal product. I know we're not here to just talk Engage and promote it, but man, you know to start that answer, to start that conversation, there's not, in my experience, there's not a better tool for the salespeople for, for presenting and to be able to manage them than engage. I think engage is in a, a very, it's a key component to, to any tech stack in the home improvement space. Um, but what to know? Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a very good and timely relevant question because tech stack is like the new buzzword, right? And MarTech and all this stuff. Um, oh yes, we know. We, We've helped to make it the buzzword. <laughs> Thank you. For One of our goals. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, you know, great question. I can speak on that because the companies that I work with today, everybody knows technology is a thing. 
and it's required at this at this point of where we're at civilization right you, you can't operate on pen and paper these days so you, you can but you can't keep up you you'll can be try right yeah I you'll be you pushed can, out of the try <laughs> it's going to be a lot harder for you yes it will um you know here i think there's two key components number one you have to do your due diligence you have to really understand what's out there number two your build and implementation will only be as effective as your plan and your execution of that build and implementation. Meaning I have yet to go into a company who's tried to do this and has been able to present. And everyone I've gone into FYI, when they're, when they're looking at building and implementing CRMs, ERPs and all this stuff, I have not entered one yet that's had a successful implementation as they define it. And when I ask for the company's documents, who's the champion, right? You should have a champion. You should have somebody whose job it is to be the point person in your company for this technology, for the tech stack, whatever it is. Number two, you should have your workflow. You should have an org chart and a workflow detailed with a, a sort of a job description for each person involved in that workflow. And that's what that... That's what that system should be designed around. I do, I do agree. Um, you should have an ERP of sorts, right? Something, uh, I don't want to use any specific names, but you should have something that's scalable. And then you really, you have to you understand. You work with pretty much everybody, so. <laughs> I'm with you. But, you know, and, that, and then you have to look at the other products that are out there that are, what are the best fit for each department of your company? Essentially, you have marketing, you have sales. You have production or installations, you have accounting. I mean, if you can cover those four bases and all of them live in one system of truth, right? Um, they all plug in, they all integrate. You know, that's the key. It, it's, it's not as simple as there's no out of the box technology out there. It's all gotta be customized. It's all gotta be built. And you have to run through user acceptance testing. Um, there, you know, there's most, most companies don't realize this. There are different, ideologies how do you build and implement this right you have agile you have waterfall there's all these terms um so i don't you know hopefully that answered your question i think i think that is more important than what technology you choose you have to understand what what project you're taking on and have the right person in place to handle it for you yeah i think that that's something that's so often missed is having the ownership of the implementation process. You can have a decision maker all you want, but if that decision maker is not in charge of owning the implementation and there is no single point owning the implementation, you're gonna fail. Absolutely, how could you not? Yeah, I, I am the point of implementation <laughs> engaged for most of our sales tech stack and our marketing tech stack, I run most of it. So I, I feel that very deeply that like the only reason some of these things are successful is because I own them and I yes. watch with our, I watch with our customers and the ones who are incredibly successful are the ones who have a person who is in charge yes. of getting this project done. You have to have that, you know, what, here, here's something I've witnessed, you know, when you build something and then you have every user for a department, let's say hops on a meeting with the build team you end up with an hour and a half Zoom meeting with like the payroll of eight people on there. And not only are they not focused on the daily tasks and running the business, I have to tell you, those calls are chaotic. There's not much positive oh, yeah. product productivity that comes out of that, right? But if you, have, if you do have that champion like yourself, where you can work on it for another team, just be that point person, you take the information back. You sort of keep the emotion out of it. A, a needs to be A, B needs to be B, and then it should equal C. 
that's it. You know, it moves along smoothly. Um, yeah, I, I think that's some of the best advice we've probably heard on here about tech stack is somebody needs to be running the project. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. And it's so basic. It's so basic, but I think we lose sight of it in, in the process. It's the truth. It's, you know, look, I, I, just to give a quick example, maybe for anybody with, that's listening or watching this and, and they're going through this, it all the home services are the same, right? So let's say it's roofing. If you just imagine building and implementing this project is like installing a roof project. In order to make that project happen, you have to have you have to have your job site has to be specced out, has to be scoped, where you're putting the dumpster, where the materials get delivered, all that sort of thing. It if any one of those components decides to change their date of delivery or what time they're showing up, it has an effect on everything. That's why most companies have what's called a project coordinator. They handle that. You know, or maybe project manager, they handle it. This is no different. Yeah, I like that. Applying what they do in their business successfully. Obviously, you know, if you're if you're building out a tech stack, if you're growing your business, you're obviously doing something right on the production side and customer yes. care side. You have to do the same thing internally. Absolutely. They already yes. know how to do it. They just have to, they have to view it that way. Yeah. So Jeff, one last question for you. And this is the question I ask everybody. Um, it's kind of their, the, the gauntlet of the Engaged podcast, if you will. Everyone has to run it. Um, what is one trend that every business owner or sales manager should be focusing on as we head into this new year? Efficiencies. Track, you have to know your efficiencies. You have to have targets for your efficiencies. Look, the key is lean and mean. We're just in a time where the you have to be lean to mean and, and you get lean to mean through efficiencies, eliminating redundancy um, and knowing where you're at, going all the way back to where we started. I think you said this, you know, knowing where you're at and then where you're trying to get to. Um, I think that's where everybody needs to focus probably for the next 12 months. Efficiency. It's all about efficiency. Well, we love to hear it. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to have you on and i'm really excited that our audience got to hear from you listen i'm i'm ecstatic i'm i'm so happy you invited me on here this is awesome i think i think you guys are a wonderful team with a great product thank you jeff thanks for listening to the engaged podcast be sure to visit engage.io for more information on how to create share and measure your way to success if you love the engaged podcast we'd love for you to subscribe rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts until next time we